Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for the first review show of the 2023 Vitality T20 Blast is none other than everybody's favourite up-and-coming cricket journalist, Mr. Kieran McCarthy. So Kieran, first things first, mate, I hope you're keeping well. I hope that you're enjoying the start of what has been an incredible tournament in the form of the T20 Blast. I mean, I've got to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? Uh, yeah, my day's been good. I uh, interviewed quite an interesting cricketer earlier. Um, so that's uh, started the day off well, we'll say. So, yeah, and I'm ready to continue it by speaking about more cricket. There's no better way to, to spend your life, to be honest, is there, mate? Cricket, cricket, true. lots of cricket. We've got the Ireland test starting tomorrow as well. That'll be fascinating. And then the Ashes on the 16th of June. So it is coming thick and fast, but there's there's no greater sport on the planet. There really isn't. And I've got to say, I say this every single year, to be honest, but the start of the blast has just been phenomenal, hasn't it? I mean, a lot of people will maybe have some criticisms of the blast in terms of there's too many teams, the standards diluted in comparison to maybe some franchise tournaments. But when you see it at its utmost best, which I think we have actually, in the early stages, it's one of the best competitions on the entire planet. And Kieran, actually, just to kickstart our conversation for today, before we get into our analysis of both of the groups and we look through some of the standout teams and players and performances from the opening exchanges of this year's tournament, we've got to discuss Blastoff because Blastoff was a very interesting concept, wasn't it? For those who don't know, we haven't actually had it to kickstart the T20 Blast before. And essentially, we saw four teams, Derbyshire, Lancashire, the Birmingham Bears and the Yorkshire Vikings face off at Edgebaston to kickstart this year's tournament. Now, in terms of the day itself, I was there in the second city, 14,000 people turned up. The, the games of cricket as well were exceptional. Derbyshire Lancs kickstarted the tournament in fascinating style. And then, of course, the Bears ramping up the pressure on Yorkshire, a Sam Hain masterclass on the Sky Sports cameras was just phenomenal to watch. So I've got to ask, mate, what did you make of Blastoff and would you bring it back in 2024? Um, yeah, it was good. I think the double header aspect, like that's something that, yeah, certainly um, it, it, it brings a different element to it. You know, um, it, it's more of a day out for the fans um, where I know obviously T20 gets a lot of, a lot of fans in the stadiums anyway, but um, for your money, you know, you're getting, you're getting two very good games of cricket rather than one. Um, the, the scheduling um, was a little bit weird with the fact that other than the four teams that were playing in it, everybody else was playing a first-class game. Um, so it's sort of like just, yeah, weird timing. Um, if that could be ironed out, for next season I assume they will stick with it next season because it, it seems to have been received quite well um but yeah potentially the fact that you've not got um 14 teams playing a first class game while there's four teams having a week off so that they can start the blast season um then yeah I can't see any reason why it shouldn't um continue it wouldn't surprise me if at some point they started it off with a men's and women's double header rather than a um double men's game um obviously you know it's quite common these days that um counties will have uh, a women's game on in the day 
and then a men's game on in the afternoon. And now Lancashire actually did the other other way the other day, where they had the men's the men's side playing in the day and the women's playing in the evening. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if if at some point um, blast off. Of course, another blast is is the men's tournament. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if if it was a, a men's and women's doubleheader, which again can't be bad for the viewership of the women's game as well. Well, it can't. And to be honest, we have seen a lot of success, haven't we, with these double headers, with the T20 Blast and the Charlotte Edwards Cup. So it is an interesting concept, isn't it, to take forward. But in terms of the, the feeling in the ground, I've got to say it was overwhelmingly positive from those who did attend. And there were lots of Derbyshire fans, lots of Yorkshire fans, lots of Lancashire fans, had some great conversations over the course of the day. So in terms of the events and the spectacle surrounding it, I'd say it was a massive success. I do agree with the scheduling, though. The scheduling was very, very weird, wasn't it? Because we had those four teams in action while a county championship round was being played, and then we didn't see any more action in the Blast for a few days. I feel like the the momentum might have been lost slightly. So the scheduling is somewhere which does need to be improved upon. And then also the lack of of South Group teams. I think that was another very valid point from from people on Twitter. Maybe it could be a double header, maybe with some Southern opposition as well. So a North Group game and a South Group game, or Kieran, as you mentioned, a, a men's game and a women's game. Just something to, I don't know, really give the tournament a proper kickstart instead of it just being the North Group. Have it as a as a tournament-wide kind of, of kickstarter. But in terms of the concepts, I like it. I've got to say I love the cyclical nature of it as well, the fact that the tournament begins and ends at Edgebaston. It's a centralised location. It's easy for people to get to. And yeah, I do think they'll bring it back in 2024, but I do think the schedule does need to be amended. If you are going to have Blast Off, have it on the Saturday and then on the Sunday, possibly on a bank holiday Monday as well, have the other teams playing and really kickstart it with an event for the T20 Blast to get underway in the correct manner. But Kieran, talking then of those teams which were in action at Blast Off, this kickstarts our show quite magnificently because we'll start with our North Group team of the weekend. One of the teams which performed exceptionally well at Blastoff was my county, Warwickshire or the Birmingham Bears, as we're known in the T20 Blast. And as of this recording, the Bears have gotten off to a sensational start to this year's Vitality T20 Blast. Currently three wins from three against Yorkshire, Leicestershire, and a statement seven-wicket victory over Lancashire in the second city of Birmingham. So I think it should come as absolutely no surprise. My team of the week are the Birmingham Bears. I think they've played some wonderful cricket. I love this Bears ball attitude. I think the confidence is just oozing out of this team at the moment and the performances are following as well. It does have to be said. So would you agree with that, Kieran? Do you think the Bears have been the standout in the North group or do you see a team like maybe Worcestershire or even Lancashire maybe topping it in your personal opinion? Uh, I do think Birmingham have been the, the standout side so far. I mean, I don't think you can argue with three wins from three um, and the quality of the, the opponents as well. Um, and a Yorkshire have struggled um, to start off, but obviously a semi-finalist last season um, and Lancashire, obviously a finalist last season. And it, as you did say, a statement win. Um, it was a very commanding performance against Lancashire. Um, so yeah, for me, it would be Birmingham for, for those wins, but the quality of those wins as well. Well, obviously I agree, because they're also my choice for this week's show, and I've just got to say that the the bowling has been very good, but the batting in particular 
really has blown my socks off. I mean, I, it, it shouldn't come as too much surprise given the fact that this team was so destructive last season. They scored 200 plus runs on seven out of 15 occasions in last year's tournament. But the fact that they're continuing this momentum, the fact that they've got contributions from the likes of Alex Davis, Rob Yates, you've got Glenn Maxwell coming in and scoring 47 runs on debut. And then obviously you've got the main man himself, Samuel Robert Hayne, hashtag Sam Hayne for England, hashtag keep the Sam Hayne train rolling because this guy is just in the form of his life. And he's currently averaging 156 in this year's tournaments. He kick-started the blast with a masterful 83 and outs against Yorkshire. And I'll tell you what, if this Bears team can keep up this rhythm, this form, this confidence, this momentum, they do look very, very good for a place at finals day for the first time since 2017. But Kieran, aside then from our team of the week, let's turn our attention to the player of the week. And in the North group, let's be honest, there's plenty of options that we can choose from. Luke Wood has been in scintillating form for Lancashire. He's taken eight wickets over the course of those first four games. And that ball to Alex Hales in the Knotts game at Old Trafford was absolutely unbelievable. Pitch perfect, off-stump Yorker, completely did Alex Hales, all ends up. And that's one of the best deliveries we're probably going to see in the entire tournament. But but even aside from, from Luke Woods, we've had contributions from Sam Hain. We've had contributions from Dawid Milan. He scored an exceptional 95 not out against Nottinghamshire at Trent Bridge last night. Wayne Madsen's had a great start to the season. So who would you say has stood out to you, Kieran? And who would you say is your North Group Player of the Week? For this first round of action in this year's T20 Blast, um, uh, you can call it Yorkshire bias. Uh, it's David Milan um, because, as I said, Yorkshire haven't had the best of starts so far um, in first class or in T20. Um, so for for David Milan to hit the 95 not out of 56 against Knots, who are going to be one of the stronger sides in the Blast this season, um, and you know, he his innings set up the win. Um, had he not gotten even the last over, uh, the last three balls of the Yorkshire innings, Davin Milan took 12 runs. Um, obviously, at the back end of the game, um, Knotts needed, I think they lost by about 15 or something. So without that, it's a lot easier of a total to get to at the back end. So um, just for that, that innings opening the batting in a T20 to set up, Yorkshire's first win of the season for me. Um, it's Davin Milan. And that's not his only um, only runs that he's got so far this season. He's got 164 runs. Obviously, that's been the bulk of them came in that game. But he has started OK um, and then pushed on in that innings. So, yeah, for me, Davin Milan. I like that choice, to be honest, because as long-term listeners know, I'm a big fan of the Milanimal and his cricketing capabilities. I think he's a wonderful cricketer. And to be honest, I think he does silence a lot of critics in the T20 formats. I mean, at one point, he was the number one ranked batsman, wasn't he, in, in World T20i cricket. So, great choice there, Kieran. And actually, before I get on to my choice, because my choice is another counter cricket veteran and one of my absolute favourite players to watch on the entire circuit. But I've got to ask, how were you celebrating last night? Because that was a huge win, wasn't it, for Yorkshire? Let's face it, you mentioned there they've had a really rough start to the season in both formats. And this was the first taste of victory that the White Rose have had since the 21st of August, 2022. So I've got to ask, how happy were you? How pleased and how delighted were you with that victory in the East Midlands last night? 
very much so. Um, as I said, the calibre the caliber of the opposition is sort of one of the things that makes it sweeter. Um, the fact that not to have a very good side, um, Alex Hales has been in, in very good form recently and he, he showed that again in the game. Um, so that it, it was a big wicket for, I think it was David Visa that got Alex Hales out. Um, Shaheen Afridi also has been good at the start of the season. Um, and, you know, with Knots, there's a lot of good assets around the side. And, and as I said, they are probably going to be one of the stronger sides in the Blast this season. So for Yorkshire to kick off the campaign with a win against them after the disappointment of the um, Worcestershire game where Adam Finch sort of took it away in the last over, um, to bounce back from that with a win against Notts was, uh, yeah, a really good performance. And yeah, certainly... Um, a lot of Yorkshire fans on Twitter seem to be at least a little bit happier than than what has been for most of the season so far. Well, yeah, it was, it was a rough start, wasn't it? Let's be honest. We can't really pull our punches on that statement. I mean, for a team of Yorkshire's standard and, and history and pedigree, I suppose, the performances weren't good enough. But fingers crossed for Yorkshire fans, this can act as a springboard because they deserved that win last night. And I think the real barometer between the two sides was the fielding standard, wasn't it? Knots were very sloppy with the ground fielding, had a couple of chances put down as well, but Yorkshire seemed up for it, and they have got a massive game, as we probably shall discuss in due course, taking place tomorrow on Thursday, the 1st of June. But Kieran, in terms of my player of the week, I've gone for Wayne Madsen, and for me, he was the obvious choice. He is the current leading run scorer in the tournament so far. Over the course of his first three innings, he's racked up 168 runs, He's had some excellent scores. So in terms of those three scores so far, he scored 50, 61 and 57. And he's striking his runs at 150. So Wayne Madsen, we know his calibre. We know his talents. We know his pedigree. He's one of the most consistent, most reliable, most dependable performers in the entire county circuits. And he's had a great start to the competition. And any excuse to mention the great man on this podcast, I will take with both hands. So I'm going for the magnificent Wayne Madsen as my player of the week. And yeah, fingers crossed for Derbyshire fans, more of the same from Wayne. I know the rest of the team hasn't quite gelled, haven't quite clicked in comparison to other teams in the North. But yeah, Wayne Madsen certainly has had a very good start to the 2023 Vitality T20 Blast. And Kieran, aside from our our standout player of the week then, this is one of my favourite categories of any of the review shows that we do. But this is where we take a closer look at the young talents, so the rising stars of county cricket. This is our North Group Under 25 Player of the Week, and I'm going to kickstart this one, Kieran, because I'm a big fan of this guy. I've had him on the podcast. I've rated him for absolutely years, especially from his time at Kent, but I'm going with Ollie Robinson. I've got to choose Durham's Ollie Robinson because in terms of his performances so far in the Blast, he scored a scintillating 64 and out against Yorkshire, and then followed that up with a quite simply fabulous 50 against Nottinghamshire. So in terms of his game, we know that he's an exceptional Red Bull player. I think back to 2019, he scored a century against Warwickshire on my birthday to completely ruin my celebrations. Thank you for that, Ollie. But in terms of his pedigree across formats, he is an all-format cricketer. And in T20 cricket, it's no difference. He's got a prolific strike rate. He can score all around the ground. And he really packs a punch. So for those reasons, I've chosen Ollie Robinson 
He's still only 24. And I tell you what, if he keeps these performances up for Durham, he's got to be on England's radar at some point because he's a good gloveman. He's got a very, very cool head on him. He's got very level shoulders. He performs under pressure. And as I said, he's got every single shot in the book. So for all of those reasons and many more, my standout under 25 player for the North Group this week is Durham's Ollie Robinson. Kieran, I'd love to know who you've selected. Have you also gone for Ollie Rob or have you chosen someone slightly different? I've gone for a bit of a rogue one. Uh, I've gone for Dan Mosley or Mousley, depending on how you want to say it. Great shout. Um, Because um, as an all-rounder, I think certainly, personally anyway, it it seems to me like his batting is his stronger facet of the two. Um, And he has actually only hit 32 runs, albeit in a very strong Birmingham side that the top order has gotten runs and he's not had a lot of opportunities to come in and, and impact with the bat so you, you can't really expect him to have done much more but um he's taken five wickets for just 42 runs so far this season including three for 13 against Lancashire um in what we've already described as a very commanding win um so you know to be able to do that as an all-rounder where you know that he can impact on on both sides uh of the field um yeah for me that is, uh, it, it's really impressive to see him doing that with the ball, especially the Lancashire game. So, um, yeah, for me, Dan Mosley. I'm not going to knock it. I'm really not. Mighty Mouse, or Danger Mouse, as he's been coined by the Warwickshire social media team. That is a fantastic, fantastic suggestion. And to be honest, he was my honourable mention because I was there, I was commentating on it. It was an absolute privilege, to be honest, to be there and witness that three for 13 career best figures. And something which Liam Norwell actually mentioned, over the course of the winter, Dan's really been focusing on darting in those arm balls. So that's something to watch out for over the course of this summer. It really does seem as though he's added an extra string to the bow in the bowling departments, has the former England under-19 all-rounder. But aside from our under-25 player then, Kieran, our final category before we take a look at the North Group table and then we switch our attention to the South Group, this is my favourite category of the entire show. And that is, of course, the surprise package. Now, in terms of the the category itself, this can either be a team or a player, right? And for this particular show, I've gone with a team. And I've gone for a team which I said would be the surprise package in this year's North group. Worcestershire. The Worcestershire Rapids, three wins out of three. And they've been playing some phenomenal cricket so far. I thought the overseas signing of Usama Mir as well was inspired, wasn't it? He had a great start to the tournament. But then you look at the batting lineup, Kashif Ali. Kashif Ali is someone to remember the name. He really is. He has got such a ridiculously high ceiling. He's so powerful. He's so strong down the ground as well. And he can single-handedly demolish any bowling attack in county cricket. But aside from Kashif Ali, you've got Adam Hose, who's performing as we all expect. And then something which I found really interesting, actually, about this Worcestershire team Ed Pollock is a finisher, which, to be honest, makes sense. For years, he's been opening. He used to open for the Birmingham Bears in the T20 Blast. But the fact is, he's got a strike rate of around about 170, but he doesn't usually face that many balls. So the fact that he's now operating in over 16 to 20, where he can go out there with that freedom and just throw the bat at everything, something which he's done very well at times in the past, I think, again, is really good man management from the Rapids. So for those reasons, Kieran... My surprise package is the Worcestershire Rapids. And I've got to say, 
given the likes of, of Michael Bracewell and Mitch Santner coming into that team, they do look quite good. They look like dark horses in this year's competition. So in terms of your surprise package, have you gone with a player or have you also chosen the Worcestershire Rapids? What are your thoughts for that particular category? Uh, I have also gone with Worcestershire. Um, as you know, you've mentioned there, there's not much more to say on it. They've won three three games out of three, um, which is an achievement in itself, given last season, I think they only won two games. Um, so the fact that they've already surpassed the total of wins from last season from just three games um, is a, you know, a very very much a positive for them and obviously they will hope um that they can continue to to push on that and perhaps be up at the top end of the north group come the end of the season um so yeah Worcestershire for me well I can't argue with that because that was also my choice so we're in agreement Kieran that's nice actually that makes for a nice change on the podcast but to be honest Worcestershire have been really good and I've got to say it's refreshing actually to see that after a very poor campaign in 2022, the Rapids do seem to be generating some rhythm, some confidence and some momentum in this year's T20 Blast. And talking of those performances, those standout players and those standout teams, let's have a look at the North Group standings at the end of this first week of competition. So currently at the top of the North Group are the Birmingham Bears, having won three out of three matches with a very, very healthy net run rate. In second and third, Also, having won three of their matches are the Worcestershire Rapids and the Lancashire Lightning, although Lancashire have played the extra game. In fourth and fifth place are Durham and Nottinghamshire, both on four points apiece, Nottinghamshire having played the extra game. In sixth, after that victory over Nottinghamshire at Trent Bridge last night, are the Yorkshire Vikings on two points. In seventh are the Northamptonshire Steelbacks, also on two points. And then in eighth and ninth place in the North Group, are the Derbyshire Falcons and the Leicestershire Foxes, both on zero points. So it's been a really engrossing start to the North Group this year. And I've got to say, that table really is looking very, very interesting. I mean, the Bears have had a great start. The Rapids have had a great start. Lancashire, unsurprisingly, in the mix as well. But you look at teams like North Ants. I think North Ants are building something. I really do. And also a team like Durham. You mentioned them as the Dark Horses, didn't you, Kieran? And I've got to say, so far, they look really good. They look really good. And I'll tell you, someone who's been very good for Durham is Nathan Souter. Could have had the best ever figures for a Durham bowler in the game against Northampton. Fortunately, I think it was Baz Delader dropped what would have been his sixth wicket on the boundary at Wantage Road. But that fifer was just magnificent. So, yeah, just watch out for Durham and watch out for the North group because it is looking very, very fascinating in this year's competition, to say the least. But aside from the North End, Kieran, let's turn our attention at South. And I think in terms of Team of the Week, we might also be in agreement for this one. Kieran McCarthy, have you chosen Somerset County Cricket Club? Yes or no? (laughs) I have, indeed. Yeah, no surprises there whatsoever. Again, it's been such a great start to the season, and I don't think anybody is surprised, to be honest, given the strength in depth of that Somerset team. So currently, they've won four games out of four, and you just look at the batting lineup, and they're firing. Tom Kohler-Cadmore, we thought he'd be a great signing, and he certainly is turning out to be an inspired piece of business. 132 runs over the course of these first four games, and he's got a monstrous strike rate of 171.42. He has just been a revelation 
in that Somerset top to middle order. And then you've got Tom Banton firing again as well. So you factor in the batting lineup and then you you gel that so effortlessly with the middle overs bowling of Lewis Gregory and Rilla van der Merwe, who have just been exceptional for the Wyvern so far. And all of a sudden, this Somerset team yet again look like very, very strong contenders. So, Kieran, in terms of Somerset's performances, what have you made of the Wyverns in this year's T20 Blast so far? They've been impressive because both the bowling and the batting have been up to a very high standard. Uh, that first game that they played against Hampshire, um, Matt Henry and Craig Overton's new ball spells were phenomenal. Um, and that basically put them on, on path to put them on course to win the game immediately. Um, and as you've mentioned there, um, Tom Banton and Tom Cole at Cadmore, basically the, the two more destructive batters, but just throughout the entire side, there are people that are, are putting in performances that should the people around them not be firing, um, they would still be in a competitive, um, they still would be competitive. So um, yeah, if they can continue that throughout the whole season, they will continue being a very competitive side. And as I thought from the start of the season, they will certainly be one of the top four sides in the South group. Yeah, to be honest, mate, I'm in complete and utter agreements. I think Somerset are nailed on for at least a top four, if not finals day place. To be honest, they are one of the best T20 outfits in the entire country. And unsurprisingly, they are dominating the South group so far. I don't think that comes as a shock or indeed a surprise to anybody, given the strength in depth of that team. And also the the transfers. We've mentioned Tom Cody Cadmore, but Matt Henry as well. What a signing he's turning out to be already in the wickets for the West Country outfit. And yeah, the, the signs are looking very promising, to say the least. If you are down in Taunton and you can get a ticket for the T20s, get yourself down to the Cooper Associates County Ground. You will be in for an absolute treat, to say the very least. But aside from the team of the week, Kieran, who we both agree is Somerset's after their scintillating start to proceedings in the South group so far this season, we've got to talk about the player of the week. And to be honest, up until about an hour ago, my player of the week was a Somerset player. It was going to be Lewis Gregory because he's had a great start to the season. He's had a fantastic start to life in this year's T20 Blast. And he has been an integral pillar of Somerset's early success. However, just before this recording, a certain Glamorgan wicketkeeper batter produced one of the best T20 knocks I think we're probably going to see all year. And that is, of course, Chris Cook. So in the game between Glamorgan and Middlesex, which took place at Merchant Taylor's School today, Glamorgan at one point was 61 for three. They were struggling immensely. Chris Cook comes to the crease alongside Colin Ingram and smashes a 38-ball century. And this completely changes the complexion of this game. From 61 for three, Glamorgan ultimately finish on 238 for three. And they've won this game by 29 runs in the end. And in terms of the shots that Chris Cook was playing today... It was just an exhibition, it was a clinic, it was a masterclass. Whichever term you want to coin to even try and describe this masterful knock from the South African wicketkeeper batter, I don't even think it does it justice. 38 deliveries, and he was hitting some monstrous sixes, some beautifully timed fours, and again, it's ultimately turned out to be a match-defining knock. It's got Glamorgan, their second victory on the board and in terms of his overall performances in the blast so far this season he is the leading run scorer 
in the South group. He scored 156 runs at an average of 78. And look at that strike rate, 205.26. Chris Cook, take a bow. As I said, I was stood up. I've got to say I was applauding it. Game of stand ovation. It was just an unbelievable knock from one of Glamorgan's most dependable, reliable and brilliant cricket players. So I've got to say, Kieran, would you agree? Would you also go with Chris Cook? Or have you seen it slightly differently? Who would you say is your player of the week in the South group for the opening round of fixtures? It's good, but it's not quite Sean Abbott. Oh, um, he's up there as well, I've got to say. He was an honourable mention for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, there can't have been many people in T20 history that have hit a century from number six. I don't know the exact numbers. I'm sure there will have been some, but it's very hard to do. Um, Sean Abbott's never had a T20 50. Um, the one time that he passed 50, he also got to 100. Um, which actually somewhat surprises me because I, I've watched him quite a bit. Um, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a Sydney Sixers fan, um, you know, because I'm not Australian. But when I do watch the Big Bash, I am partial to the Sydney Sixers. And uh, I remember one knock. Uh, they they don't call it the semi final or whatever because there's different qualifiers and whatever. But it was basically that the Sixers would have been out that game, and I'm sure he hit like forty something not out um quite quickly um so it actually surprised me when i looked and, and saw that he had never had a t2050 um but he also averages 12 with the bat in t20 cricket which again not easy to impact a game when you're generally batting sort of six seven eight nine um generally the, the lower half of that um so for him to have hit the fastest uh the joint fastest, sorry, uh, T20 Blast 100. Um, and maybe that's all he's done uh, in the first week. But it, I, for me, it's still enough for him to be my player of the week. Fair enough, Kieran. I, I do respect it. And to be honest, Sean Abbott's name might be appearing in one of my categories. Not the player of the week, but one of the upcoming ones because, yeah, I've got some great stats for that. As you mentioned, the fact that he was averaging 12 and had never surpassed 50, you were spot on about his career best score as well. It was 41 from 20 deliveries against the Adelaide Strikers, and all of a sudden he's scoring 100. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. On the Sky Sports cameras as well, just so almost it's it's immortalised. It couldn't have been a better knock, to be honest, from the Australian scene bowler, but as I said, we'll discuss that in due course. So in terms of our South Group Players of the Week then, I've gone with Chris Cook from Glamorgan and Sean Abbott from Surrey is the choice of Mr. McCarthy. So, yeah, I think they're two fair shouts, to be honest. In terms of some honourable mentions, I would also say Lewis Gregory is in there for me. And also Dan Douthwaite. I think Dan Douthwaite for Glamorgan has also had a very solid start to proceedings. He took seven wickets in his first two games. So, yeah, lots of performances to choose from in the South group this week. So, yeah, I think there's some fair, fair options, to say the least, Kieran. But aside from our standout players of the week, then, this will be an interesting one. Who have you chosen as your under-25 player from the South group this week? It's another rogue one. Um, I've chosen Robin Das because um, uh, a maiden T20 Blast 50 of 69 now off 33. Um, and, you know, on, on the surface, that's a, a, a good achievement in itself. But it's... Uh, a few days after he hit 
first class hundred on debut. Um, so to be able to go from one to the other so easily and to look so um, in control in a T20 after having just come from playing first class cricket and obviously having done well there, to me that shows sort of maturity and, and experience in, in a young player that um, obviously is useful for Essex um, who have a lot of, of young players that they can call upon um, and it just shows the strength of their um, academy setup that players like Robin Das can come in and impact the game straight away in whatever format. I've got to be honest, Kieran, I wasn't expecting Robin Das's name in that particular segment because he has only played the one game. However, I think it's a great shout. I really do. And in terms of his week, he's just had a great week across formats, hasn't he? As you mentioned, scored 132 on first-class debut in that game against Ireland in Chelmsford. And then as if that wasn't enough, he scores a barnstorming 69. So I think that's a great shout. I really do. I don't think that's too outside of the box whatsoever. And in terms of Essex fans who aren't quite familiar with Robin Das, right, he's only 21 years of age. He went to Brentwood School, I believe, down in the southeast. And in terms of his game, again, we look at complete cricketers. I know it's early days, but he does seem to have the entire package. So very strong on the offside. He's also a very confident player on the leg side. And he hits a mean ball down the ground as well. So you're looking at all these different scoring options that he possesses. And again, yes, at times he does get out to some silly dismissals in the seconds. But in terms of these early signs, Robin Das, definitely someone to watch out for. And if I'm not mistaken, I do think that he went over to Bangladesh over the course of the winter. I think he went out to play for Dhaka. I'm not sure whether or not he got a game, actually, in the BPL. But he definitely did sign a deal there and got some experience in and around that setup. So watch out for the 21-year-old. Very, very handy batter to say the least. But, Kieran, I've got to say, I think Robin Das is a great shout, but for me personally, I had to go with Tom Banton. I had to go with Tom Banton because we spoke earlier about Worcestershire having a poor 2022. And to be honest, last season, Tom Banton did have a very underwhelming campaign for that Somerset side. He scored 359 runs in 16 matches. But for me personally, it's the strike rate, 129.13. That's not the Tom Banton that we've been used to seeing over the course of these past four or five years. And then come 2023, brand new season, brand new fresh starts, it looks like we've got the old Tom Banton back because he's blitzed 138 runs in his first four matches. And you look at the strike rate, 184. That's much more like it. That is so much better from Tom Banton. We know how much talent the guy possesses. And we talk about innovators. We talk about enterprising cricketers. Tom Banton's one of them. He's a true 360-degree, three-dimensional cricketer who's got every single shot in the book. And so far, I know it's very, very early days, but he looks like he's got his confidence back. He looks like he's strutting out to the crease with purpose. He's got his mojo. He's he's got rhythm. And it's wonderful to see one of the premier young T20 talents in the country performing like this. So for those reasons, I've chosen Tom Banton. And as I said, long may it continue because the guy is a million dollars to watch. He's got previous franchise experience. He's played for England. And when he's on top of his game, he's just one of the most captivating cricketers to watch in the T20 format. So for those reasons, I've gone with Tom Banton. And as I said, I I do think he has batted very, very well indeed for the Wyverns of Somerset in the T20 Blast so far. But Kieran, aside then from Tom Banton and aside from Robin Das, who are our standout under 25 players of the week, 
let's turn our attention to the surprise package. And to be honest, my choice has already been somewhat ruined because <laughs> I, I did choose Sean Abbott. I did choose Sean Abbott because even even as of this recording, I'm struggling to comprehend what exactly happened at the Oval in that particular game. So uh, at one point, Surrey was 64 for four. And then all of a sudden, Sean Abbott comes in and he completely demolishes the Kent bowling attack with complete and utter disdain. He hit four fours and 11 sixes. 66 of his runs came from sixes, right? As he went on his way to scoring a 34-ball century and tying Andrew Simon's record for the fastest T20 blast century ever. So that is some record to have under your belt. And it's quite funny, actually, isn't it, that in an Ashes year, that another Aussie has has tied the record set by one of the late great Australians in Andrew Simons back in 2004. So, Kieran, I know that you did talk about it already, but just a few more words, if we can, because it wasn't just the knock itself, but you look at the wider context of this. Surrey were struggling, weren't they? Let's be honest. I've said it there, 64 for four. And, and this knock completely flipped the game on its head. So in, in terms of the value of that knock from Sean Abbott's, and more importantly, the, the wider value that he possesses for this Surrey team, just how pivotal of a role do you expect him to play heading into the rest of this year's T20 Blast? We've spoken about in the Championship how Surrey have a lot of players that sort of do a bit of everything and that even when you get down to your sort of 7, 8, 9, 10 at Surrey, there are still people that are going to do a job for you. Um and Sean Abbott's shown there. I mean, as I mentioned, generally he's um, sort of batting eight or nine for for the Sixers in in Australia in the Big Bash. Um, so the fact that he can be promoted to number six um, and still have an impact just shows the strength of the players that aren't going to do do it every week for Surrey. Um, similarly, you know. Uh, the likes of Jamie Overton and, and Tom Curran, both playing as um, specialist batters at the moment. There must be very good um, batting coaching going on at Surrey for, for your bowlers to all be able to hit balls as hard and actually get runs rather than just sort of like smashing the ball to all parts um, like those those guys do. Um, and Sean Abbott, uh, obviously, he is... We've spoken about the fact that he's his hundred with the bat is sort of the main thing, but also um, you know he, he obviously offers he's something with the ball as well, and that is his, his main asset. So um, when he is on on form, you've got that to contend with as well for a, a side that's playing against Surrey. You certainly have, and to be honest, Surrey again. I know we haven't actually discussed the team themselves, but you look at their starts of the season as well. They look very strong, don't they? Unsurprisingly, it does have to be said, the brown caps yet again do seem to be a tour de force. So, talking of the standings then, Kieran, now that we've discussed our surprise packages, we spoke about the under-25 players from both groups, our teams of the week and players of the week, let's wrap up today's recording then with a look at the South Group standings. And currently, as of this recording, at the top of the South Group are the aforementioned Somerset County Cricket Club on eight points. In second are Surrey on four points. In third, are Glamorgan also on four points after that victory over Middlesex at Merchant Taylor School. In fourth, are Essex on two points. In fifth, 
are Kent also on two points. In sixth and seventh are Sussex and Gloucestershire. You can see the pattern here also on two points apiece. Then in eighth are Hampshire also on two points. And in ninth and bottom place, having gone winless in their first four matches, are Middlesex County Cricket Club on zero points. So again, the South group, it was so compelling last year. It's a very competitive group. It always gets nail-bitingly close. And I've got to say this year, it looks completely no different. You look at teams like Glamorgan. Glamorgan have got the batting capabilities to be an absolute problem in this year's tournament. You look at Sussex. That was a great victory, wasn't it? Over Surrey, the overall Michael Burgess and Tom Alsop producing the heroics in that particular encounter. And then you've just got a team like Essex. And Essex are always strong in the T20 format with the likes of Simon Harmer, Matt Critchley. You look at the rest of that same attack and, of course, the batting with the likes of Robin Das, with the likes of, of Michael Pepper, who's going to come into that batting, batting lineup, the likes of Tom Wesley, so to, to just name a few. Yeah, the South group looks very, very interesting, to say the least. So, again, it's been a wonderful start to this year's T20 Blast. It's very early days, but I've got to say, I'm loving the tournament. I really am. And, Kieran, what's, what has been your overall thoughts and your overall perceptions, then, of this start? Just before we do wrap up the recording, what have you made to the start of this year's T20 Blast, mate? Um, it's been exciting. I couldn't think of a better word. Uh, <laughs> it would have been better had Yorkshire won more cricket games, but it's it'll come because they've won one now. So there's going to be loads more and Yorkshire are going to win it all. Uh, that's probably not going to happen, but still um, cricket, good, um, and T20 cricket, good, times two. Well, it certainly is. I mean, I'll try and use a, a different word than good. I'll say very good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll say it's been great. It's been a really, really fantastic start to the season. And we will be here to take you through all of the T20 Blast, including the knockouts and finals day. And of course, the county championship. The county championship returns on the 11th of June. So even though we have got this T20 block, we've then got some county championship cricket, back to the T20s, back to the championship, and then the Blast finishes over the course of these next six to seven weeks. Bring it on. That is all I'm going to say, listeners, and we will be here with you every single step of the way to take you through all of the major talking points, all of the major moments, and all of the standout performances from the 2023 Vitality T20 Blast. But that is it for myself and Kieran for tonight's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.